Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. I'm Brooke, and this is episode 96. I got Lauren and Tanner with me today, and it is, I don't think we can say sleeting anymore at the moment. Well, it looks like hail. It's like its <laughs> like ice, like actual yeah. ice, not like cold, it's not like cold rain it, and then ice it, and then freezing. Is it it's baby like, hail? It was, it was yeah. bouncing off my Yeah, no, it's head. little bitty round like I might, pellets. I, I, I probably could look at my car and go, I need to file an insurance claim for hail damage. <laughs> I like, sure hope not. Like probably oh, that's sure how that's not. how that's Dude, how hard it was coming that, down. You think it's that bad right now? It was pretty. It was pretty rough. So, so it is. We're recording this on a. I did almost move my midday car. Monday, where kids are being sent home from school. Yeah. And yeah. We're I, all debating like, what do we do now? Do we have? Do we close the office? Or kids are out of school now. The kids yeah. are out of school on Tuesday, and mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're you know do you do we pack it up and go get them now or wait until the whatever? I was having fun earlier sliding in the. Uh, uh, in the parking lot because my shoes have zero tread on them, <laughs> and so so you get if you can if you, you can, literally ice skating yeah literally ice literally, skating so yeah. if you can go out and get enough speed and then just skid for a good yeah. ten feet or so mm-hmm. and, and it's fun if you have balance if you have balance, Lori do not true. try it please Lori don't try it <laughs> I'm not saying everyone should go out and do this in the parking <laughs> lot but it's what I was doing I am curious about uh, you know having lived in Colorado and Europe and 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 knowing that a lot of people in our community here are from all over, you know, yeah. because of Shepherd mainly. Right. But also a lot of people have lived here their whole lives. I'm curious what the the mix is of experiences in our city of driving in this stuff, of having clothes for this kind of stuff, the vehicles, you know, like it's and that's probably why it's so dangerous. It's just such a mix. You yeah, know? I yeah. can I can speak as as an Oklahoman that now lives here uh, and and have lived in a couple of different places in Texas, but it's like Oklahoma was a struggle mm-hmm. because nobody like we didn't we didn't get it very often. Yeah, it's right. not it's not. And, and when, you, and and when you do, it's 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 like a sheet of ice. It's not. Yeah, right. It's not winter weather. You yeah, know? it's not. It's, it's not yeah. like Colorado, like you would know, where yeah. it snowed and they plowed it, and we can drive. And there's You've got the infrastructure. You know, yeah, you have yeah to, right, right. Well, yeah, or I you have to watch out for like snow drifts. And, exactly. You know that kind. No, there was a time when we were in Oklahoma, and it was probably 2000, and uh, let's see, we moved here in 15, so it was probably 12, 13, yeah. something like that. And Oklahoma, like we we had a blizzard come through, and it it iced and snowed everything. And we were literally stuck in our house for I think I think three days, three to four days, because they could not like we didn't like Oklahoma did not have this is Oklahoma City like just yeah. just north of Oklahoma City is where I live, and we did not have the infrastructure like you're talking to uh, talking about to do anything about it. Like we literally had to have people in Kansas drive the uh-huh. trucks down to Oklahoma City to plow the roads and the highways so that people could actually get around and move. And our driveway was like a, you know, it was like, like an a... incline. Yeah, it was like a hardcore, like, yeah. we had a blast, like, r- riding bikes and <coughs> oh, random, yeah. random kid toys that we would <laughs> go down the hill on. But, <laughs> which was great, because when it snowed, you could go. Right. But you, there was no chance you could get your car up that. So, yeah. you know, so, so in Oklahoma, and then it was even... The, the time that I've lived in Texas, it's be even more rare, and... Then I remember when I, we were in Fort Worth, and it would when it would ice, there would be cars scattered all over the side of the road, <laughs> right. like everywhere. Yeah, right. And yeah. it was like, guys, this, is it is it really that hard? Like <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, and and it's just like, man, but it's you know, pretty, it, yeah, you know, 
I like taking corners. It's in the ice. It's I, fun. I, well, <laughs> speaking to you enjoying it, I think you hit on the head. Like it, it's a lot of it's what we have experienced. Our confidence level. Yeah, yeah. You know, my wife. My wife grew up in Houston, Texas, where it, it does not. If it snows. It's like you can barely see a flake in the air. There are, briefly. Pig, there are pigs flying and around every and, six years. Yeah, yeah. In between <laughs> the pigs flying and the cats mm-hmm. falling from the sky, and it doesn't happen, you know. And so when we moved to Denver, it, we we're both twenty-six years old. Um, we moved to Denver and lived there for uh, three years, where I went to grad school, and it was incredibly traumatic for my wife to all of a sudden have to drive in snowy conditions and. Um, the first time it snowed, uh, just a few months after we moved there in the summer. So a few months after we we got there, it snowed, and I mean it, it was probably two or three inches. And she's a, she's a teacher at the time, and she's you know waking up in the morning. She's like, "Oh, look at the snow! Look at the snow! They're canceling school, right?" And I'm like, "What? Oh no! No, yeah. no they're not canceling yeah. no, school. Uh-uh. No, no, that's a, that's funny. You're funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was it was traumatic for her and fun for me. There was one time we did a, a 180 on the highway. Um, and granted, we were going about 30 miles an hour, yeah. but it was blizzard conditions. And all of a sudden we started sliding and there's no cars around us and there, there's no cliff to fall. It's just, we just did a 180 yeah. and pulled to a stop over on the side and she starts crying <laughs> and I'm going, woohoo, like, this <laughs> yeah. is amazing. This was fun. But that's, to me, that's the picture of the differences, even I'm, yeah. I'm projecting onto our people here in Wichita Falls. <laughs> Some people are like, oh, sweet, look at the weather. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, my goodness. Right. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. think it's funny. It's like, okay, the snow, there's snow in the forecast, and the immediate conversation is, okay, well, obviously we're going to cancel school. And like, it just seems like we jump to so fast, like, okay, well, we're going to shut everything down because obviously it's going to, if, if it snows at all, it's going to be, right. you know. It's almost fair here, though, because you just don't want, at least half the people out there driving, you know, <laughs> right. at least half of them. Yeah. <laughs> now that you don't want you driving, you don't want other people driving. Yeah. Right. Around I told you. my 17 year old, you know, daughter this morning, like, I, I think, no, honey, it's not you. I think you're a wonderful driver. It's uh, which is <laughs> mostly, mostly true, but it's like, I don't want you out in this, you know, with everybody else driving. You can't uh, control it. It's crazy. Maybe this is the, uh, the time that again, as, as in last week, when we talked about the, um, current greatest meteorologist in the city that uh, somebody needs to go friend Jesse Thomas uh-huh. on Facebook and read his posts for this week as oh, well. Oh, I checked yep. his post this morning. Jesse Thomas, two weeks in a row making our podcast. Hey, uh, man, it's 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 funny. I, I told him I told him on Sunday. I was like, man, you are the best meteorologist in town, and you're not even working as one. You know, I, it's probably unfair to expect him to just hold our hands through this. You know, well. I don't us. care if it's unfair or not. He's going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, uh, I can't help but wonder how many uh, first-time listeners we have for this episode. Uh, I know yesterday was probably the first time, I feel like, in a, in a considerable amount of time where I specifically encouraged people to check out today's episode, in part because we'll talk about fasting. Um, so I'm curious if you, if you're wondering, when are we going to start talking about anything that matters? <laughs> we typically have a little banter at the beginning and catch up and, um, nobody's even mentioned Brooks Eagles who, uh, barely squeaked out a game yesterday. Can we just have it on the record that my team won and won well and are going to the Super Bowl? And I did not be, I'm, it is not me. You didn't bring it up. I did not bring it up. I'm just saying. 
Did you hear that? Uh, I'll grant you that. Did you hear the Cowboys me. waved? They cut uh, Dak Prescott? <laughs> or was that just a really good dream that I had? Last I think night? it must have been your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have really enjoyed all of the, the Dallas oh. memes. They have been really funny. Did you see? Okay, this is worth bringing. Did you see the comedy routine before um, before the Chiefs? Uh, I did. I, 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 I saw it on. and I don't know who that guy was. He's a comedian. I didn't know who it was either. Did you see him like walking through the locker room? And there's a uh-huh. there's a guy that looks kind of like um, Trevor Lawrence from the Jags. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, you had you know you had a great first uh-huh. stab at your playoffs, and then he walks by this guy that supposedly looks like Josh Allen. And they all had the jersey. And on. we just thought we just thought man, this was going to be your year. And then he walks up. And there's a guy with a Prescott, you know, supposedly a stack Prescott jersey. He's like, and you, you're just funny. Like <laughs> this same story every. Year. You're just you're just funny. And he just walks. I'm like. <laughs> Wow! Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know it was I didn't know it was like a comedy routine or anything because it was, I picked it up like right as he you was walking it was like commercial or something. No, I mean I knew it was like the intro, but I didn't know what was going on because I really wasn't paying attention. It's pretty to that harsh, point. like. And, but that's, that's what I'm saying. If like, you're Dak Prescott sitting like, on the couch at home, I, it took me a minute, like with like, the Trevor wow. Lawrence one, and I was like, uh, okay. And then it was Dak Prescott, and I was like, oh, okay, this is we're just roasting folks here. Is what he we're just, doing. He, well, he was the only one he roasted. Uh, I quit paying attention to. Yeah. So that was good enough for me. Cowboys. Again, I did not do this. Not going to the Super Bowl. This was not me. I did not Let's do this. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. I don't, I don't want to talk about uh, it. Last week, we kicked <laughs> off our newest, um, our newest, our newest groups of uh, for Rooted. Yes. Tell us about Rooted. So, especially if we have new people around um, that have not been a part. Uh, or are just kind of figuring out what we're doing. Uh, maybe they missed out on Rooted, or um, you know, are thinking about, "Ooh, I want to. Maybe I want to jump in that next time." Yes. What was what's kickoff like? What what are they missing jumping into this, and and uh, so that they can look forward to it next time. So uh, we have before this semester, we have had twelve different groups of people, anywhere between ten and fifteen at a time go through uh, a shared experience together, a 12-week experience. And so now we have two more groups. We had uh, count if we, we had uh, if everybody showed up who is involved, I think we have 33 people in two groups uh, that met for the first time last Wednesday and we'll meet again, well, weather permitting. When we, when we didn't cancel for weather. When we didn't cancel where we, we might end up, we'll see what happens this Wednesday. But uh, the the... The heart behind it is it, it's, a, it's really a first step here at Colonial. Um, apart from, you know, we, we do some things where we have a meal together. We, we, we get to know leaders and pastors and things like that. But really the first let's get going together step here at Colonial is this shared experience we call Rooted. And, and ultimately it's not about learning a bunch of new information. Um, even though that does happen, certainly, uh, there's some great foundational content about Christianity and the Bible. And, but I would argue uh, our intent with rooted is about connection. Um, come find out that there is a way to connect with people that want a journey together that is life-changing. And, um, I think a lot of our people that have already experienced rooted would, would affirm that. Um, a lot of people uh, continue in ongoing uh, groups that meet regularly because Rooted, Rooted kind of catapulted them into that. A lot of people, uh, whether they're in a group or not, a lot of people have are enjoying friendships uh, 
and and real community together uh, because Rooted catapulted them into that. So um, it's only 12 weeks. It's not, you know, this over-the-top amazing thing, but I would argue it's it's an incredibly effective tool that I'm so glad we are using here at Colonial. And even the the look in some eyes this past week and seeing again some of them yesterday and even uh, um, in our shared meal with everybody, just there's this there's this sense of anticipation amongst some of these folks I know in in my rooted group that I'm helping to lead of of wanting friendship of wanting to discover together mm-hmm. and so um, would you add anything different or no I think that's standard? exactly right I mean I think what what you can expect from rooted is you're gonna maybe grow in your belief about you know who God is, what you believe about those different things. You might be challenged in some ways to think about some of that stuff, but more than anything, you're going to find some deep connections with people that you didn't even realize was possible. Um, And it's just been, my experience has been awesome with, with rooted and um, my current group is a product of um, having gone through rooted together. And it just fast tracks deep connection with people. That's a good word. Fast tracks. Um, Yeah. That I, you know, it would take years to build this level of trust and yeah. uh, vulnerability with with these people, and and you know, and I I had the whole group over last night, and it's amazing. I mean, it just mm. yeah. Well, and as we as we you know sing its praises for its effectiveness in so many ways, I feel a little bit bad because if if you're listening and you missed uh, jumping into this with us, you're like, well, okay, great, I I want that. How, there, the the starting line for this this experience obviously can only take place you know a few times a year. So we, our hope is to continue a rhythm where it's offered at the beginning of each of the fall and the spring semesters, and then our hope for its next beginning would be just after Easter. So that sounds like a long time. I mean, it's going to be February in a few days, April. Uh, Easter and a new rooted experience is not that far away. If you're listening and, and you've heard, okay, enough, enough, enough selling Mm -hmm. it. I, I, I'd like to check it out. Then I do want to encourage you to, uh, to not miss that next opportunity. So just for, uh, for the sake of, of anybody out here that, that isn't, uh, that doesn't, isn't always in the know, um, is rooted just for new people coming to colonial. Or is this open to more than that? Or should more than that come to it? I would strongly argue it's for everybody. It's for the person who knows the most about the Bible already and the person who is not even sure what they believe yet. It's for, the, it's for an 82-year-old and it's for a 19-year-old. Um, I would argue it's for someone who's been coming to Colonial uh, for 20 years. And it's for the person who it's their their third week with us. Um, I, I genuinely believe that because, again, it's about connection. It's like asking, hey, okay, there's 300 people in the auditorium right now. Um, who values friendship? Who wants, who wants to be, you know, in community? That's for everybody. That's, it's, so would you say that any differently or? No, I, yeah, I agree. I yeah. think it's. I mean, it's for anybody. It's, it's not. not it's a, not for the visitor. No. Or, or the 
the baby any, Christian. Any more of any more than it's it, any more than it's, it's for, for someone the who's visitor been and, around. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's yeah. not just for the new Christian. Yeah, the baby Christian, mm-hmm. the young. I still have a lot to learn. It's for that person and everybody else. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that's cool, and and uh, you know we will have more of those in the future, and some uh, different entry points in how to how to get involved in that. Um, coming up. But another thing that we do on a more regular basis looking at 2023 is come to the table, which mm-hmm, was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's always fun and different. And uh, that's, that's another way for people to get to know some people around here, not necessarily for just new people or just right. people that have been here for a long time or everybody in between. So um, yeah, come to the table. Would you guys enjoy that on Sunday? It was awesome. We had, uh, we had a group uh, own kind of the production of it, you know, and uh, it, it was it went really well. I I think I mean we had trouble seating everybody, you know, which was a, which is a good problem to have. So um, I just I love that we're taking seriously the um, engaging in a in a meal purposefully um, radical minimum that we kind of hold on to at Colonial, and um, and yeah, I think I mean it gives you. We're so quick to hurry into what we have planned for the next next thing and, and move on and all that. And so I think this is a, a good way to encourage people not to just, all right, the, the, the gathering time has ended and let's go home and do our thing or whatever. It just It's nice to be able to walk out, go grab your kids, sit down and have a meal and just um, have some slow, intentional time with your church family. So I love that we got to do that and that, our, um, that one of our groups... Um, Provided the meal, and that was that was, that was encouraging. They were, they were so generous. I know I sang their praises yesterday on stage. I just blown away when a small group of people says, "Let's just bless everybody." Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, awesome. I think there by that's it was a unique group that served our whole church yesterday. They're they're mostly a bunch of long timers who are really committed, uh, mostly empty nesters. That that either have the means or at least the the uh, the time, and I don't know that there's you know a list of other groups in our church that could pull that off, but I would say the gauntlet has been thrown down. Mm-hmm. Like, is there another group that that might go, hey, let's plan ahead and let's let's do something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's maybe it's sandwiches. <laughs> you well, know, yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, it's you know hot grilling hot dogs that. You know, cost very little. It's just just the the intentionality. Thinking right. about of my group, like my group is very eclectic, singles and marrieds and empty nesters and young kids, and it'd be it'd be kind of hard for our group to do that. And yet, why not? Right. Yeah, I think I may have just. I think you just I'm, signed I'm thinking them up. of a few She's of our listeners. That, I'm thinking of a few <laughs> of our listeners that are in my group. Hey, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, what would that look like? Right, it doesn't have to always be. The Johnson group. No. You know? Well, yeah. and so as as I said before, we, we did these we did these in in twenty twenty two. Yep. Um, what did we do? Three of them? Four of them? Oh, uh, we did three. I think. I thought we did four. Well, we had we a four. One? We had a fourth on the docket, and I think th- something happened, and we moved we moved some things around. But I think we actually really did three. Um, well, so either either way, we we experienced these last year and decided that we felt like they were um, such a good thing for our for our church community that that we needed to do this more often. Yeah. Um, and so and so we're looking toward doing them almost every month throughout this year, um, and they won't all look the same. 
um, as you said, you know, and you have a group that's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna provide fried chicken to everybody, and that was so and fun. they were literally in there mashing potatoes all morning. And <laughs> what was it like? Ninety pounds of they said ninety pounds potatoes. potatoes. That's Good wow, grief, man, <laughs> that's nice. But so they'll look they'll look different and be be well, some some different ways to do talk it. Talk of chili cook off, and I'm sure we'll do you know grilling outside this you know early summer, mm-hmm. early fall, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah, I thought it was great. It's always. My, some of my favorite Sundays now are these come to the table Sundays, so it was awesome. I was uh, driving with my kids yesterday. I think it was yesterday, and and my daughter. Maybe it was this morning. I don't remember. But my one of one of my daughters was like, "Dad, can we can we just do come to the table like every week?" It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, trust me, I I appreciate that, but there's a lot more hurdles than just yeah, let's do it all the time. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So another thing that's coming up, and uh, a lot of the subject of what we'll talk about for the rest of today on this episode is uh, Awaken 2023, Awaken Wichita Falls. Um, this is something that we started doing. Uh, we did last year for the first time with with a bunch of other churches, and um, and thought, you know what, we really liked that. We're going to do it again this year. Uh, we've done fasting at the beginning of the year um, many times in the past, and and you know, here's a here's a, a Bible study that we're going to go through, or a um, uh, a reading plan, or whatever to start off the year. Uh, and so, so this year, jumping into awaken um, once again with uh, several other churches that are doing this and teaching through the Gospel of John um, on uh, throughout the month of February on the weekends, um, and then and then using this uh, this this thirty day devotional book um, that we have had available for the last couple of weeks for everybody to uh, to get and uh, and really going through it. So. Um, before we dive into the, the, the message and what we talked about on Sunday and uh, what we can still provide information-wise and, and concept-wise and what we're going into, um, thoughts on Awaken? I know we've talked about this a couple of times in the past, but uh, we're about to—I mean, we are, we are like on the, on the verge here of kicking this thing off, for real. Yeah, I, I, um, I really enjoyed doing it last year. Um, Partnering with other churches uh, and the way it, the way it was done, I am excited, more excited for this year and the the pack specifically the way it's packaged this year. Um, what we're what we're kind of calling everybody up to, um, and the um, just the inclusion of different leaders within these different churches providing the content that we're going through with this. Um, um, devotional kind of uh, guide, um, and I'm even more excited about what future years. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to minimize this year because we're just getting started this year. But like, I'm. I feel like we are on the just on the on the verge of really running with this thing and developing this thing with other churches and seeing more and more churches jump on board and doing this. I'm. You know, aside from content and all that, I'm more excited just because of church partnership. And um, historically, churches don't play well together. You know, I was about to ask, like, so what, what? From your perspectives, what is it about partnering with other churches to do this that's such a big deal? Well, I think I think I mean I'll, you know, maybe ramrod the conversation, but um, I I just 
I think we heard from the Lord in 2019, unite Wichita Falls, you know, there was this sense of unity, this call up to unity. And I think, you know, while we can't say that our city is unified, I think this is an expression of getting closer, you know, moving in the right direction. Um, I've served as one of the, one of the leaders in church for uh, a decade now in Wichita Falls and um, churches just don't partner together. They don't, and it, and it's not, I, I don't, what I've experienced is it's not from lack of a desire from the leaders in the other churches. It's just life just is busy and we get so consumed with our thing that it's hard to be intentional about doing other things. And this to me represents breakthrough in our city um, of churches coming together. The fact that several leaders in different places came together to make something like this happen, to put content together, to put a plan together and to go through this, um, together. I, I just, it's, it, it's making me more and more excited about seeing that vision, I guess, come to fruition. Um, and the possibilities, you know, like, I don't know what it's going to look like in the future, but the possibilities are there because other churches are, jumping on board and um and I love that it's not it's something colonial adopted. It's not really even something we decided we're gonna do. You know what I mean? We found out about That's... it from another church and said, Oh my gosh, this is like right in line with what we feel like we've heard the Lord say, please let us be a part of this, you yes. know? Yes. That's encouraging to me that it's it's just affirmation that. that God's God's desire for that to happen in this city is not just I'm going to say this to one church and make you think you're crazy for hearing it. But yeah. like, it's, it's evidence that he, this is what he desires for our community. So that's why I'm excited about churches being um, partners in this and, and doing this together. I, I think I'll speak from a, a leadership standpoint. Um, and this is a fresh data point for me that I just heard this weekend when I was listening to a podcast, but in our current climate, our current Christian culture, um, what has become very, very common is people switching churches. There's always been some of that, um, and certainly in a in a relatively small town like Wichita Falls, you're you're gonna you're gonna see people move around a little bit. But I just heard uh, Barna does some great research, and they just I don't know if you guys have heard this uh, statistic, but they just uh, did some work to to poll Christians, and sixty one percent of the people they polled, the Christians they polled said that, uh, after the pandemic, uh, they stuck with their previous church. 61%. So flip that 39% of people said that's, this was a, what, for all the reasons you can speculate, uh, maybe it's just online and easy to check out another church. Um, maybe they just lost a habit started the new habit somewhere else. Maybe they're just disenchanted, you know, complaining about this, that, or the other, I'm going to go try something, whatever it is. Um, that's a big chunk of people. This, this is where I am as a leader in Wichita Falls, man. I think our leaders of these churches across our city have to be secure in the roles we have to play and okay, I'm going to pastor, I'm going to be faithful. And I'm going to, you know, we talked about this yesterday, you know, about something totally different. I'm going to control what I can control, mm -hmm. but it requires, it requires a lot of shared humility 
and a lot of shared um, contentment personally, but then also a lot of, of mutual trust that, you know what, if, if some of your people go over there and some of your people come over here and some of my people go over there, that's not what we want for anybody. We want, we want, you know, community and connection and, but that can be a wonderful thing that leads us toward more unity Mm -hmm. if we do it right. Yeah. Or it can be another thing that's just threatening Right. You know, the territorial competitive nature of, of our sin. Um, and so I, I will say that it's, it's an uphill battle to get churches to partner. It's an, there's challenges to getting pastors to see each other as friends and, and co-laborers in the gospel, right. you know, and not competitors. And um, I think a lot of people sitting in the crowds, don't think that's the big deal, you know? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm still really excited about things like awaken popping up and affirming what we hear the Lord saying. And I still feel really, um, challenged by, i I hear the Lord saying, don't forget, I, I want to use you colonial in uniting the city. What does that look like? What does it look like in 23? What are some things you can do? to um, not just with your own people in a gathering like on a Sunday morning, but what are some ways 365 that you can, you can champion kingdom minded focus amongst people. Yeah. Um, when it feels like, it feels like it's like more of a lens that we're looking through yes. rather than it doesn't have to come from colonial. It doesn't it's have to be a, some random idea yes. that we come up with. It's, it's identifying and this would be awesome to be a part of, um, and it's a lens that we're looking through. Um, and maybe that's a good question for our listeners is what's your part in this? Yeah. You know, not what are you waiting for colonial to do to unite, to unite the church of the city or what do you hope that churches do? But with your sphere of influence, with, with your part to play, what, what are you going to do? Um, or maybe how can your lenses be, changed or corrected or mm-hmm. um how can you become a champion of the church of the city versus you know being colonial fans or right. first baptist fans or city hope fans or whatever right. it is you know yeah I'd, I'd love comments or questions about that from our listeners absolutely mm-hmm. well um let's get into the message a little bit here um as we started Sunday, uh, I thought your list of um, ancient practices was interesting. Um, they, they're not things that we always uh, at least don't talk about on, on a regular basis, with the exception of, um, you know, communion, tithing. Um, but uh, I, thought, I thought that list was, was interesting. For a fixed-hour prayer, um, I don't think I had ever heard in... Um, in that context, that language, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked about Sabbath uh, a, a little bit more than than at least most of my life growing up and going yeah. to church. That that was not a normal, uh, a normal. That, that was a uh, that was like a weird Jewish thing. Like you know, it was what they yeah. that was what they did. Um, I really want us to lean into that. Yeah, I mean, I I know it's almost like I'm tired of talking about it, <laughs> and I wanna I wanna live it. I wanna do it. I'm I'm wrestling with that personally, but. 
man, if you're if you're around Colonial, just brace yourself because we've got it. We've got to tackle Sabbath. I think it's a gift. It's like a gift waiting for us that we haven't really embraced. Yeah. A uh, little liturgical year. Um, I mean, I didn't hadn't you know really seen that as an ancient practice, but it makes sense with you know the, some of the things that we do every year, and all that makes sense. Um, pilgrimage was one that I thought was a little, uh, a little at least at least from our context, um, pretty foreign. Is, right? is pretty foreign. Like that yeah. doesn't. It's like not something that we do ever. I confess that's the one on there that I'm like, eh, you know, if <laughs> if I never do that, I'm okay. And yet, I think as I tried to read about even pilgrimage, there's even something about like two summers ago I went into the back country of Montana for seven days, just me and a mentor and some fishing rods and a tent. And at some level it's, it's, in, it's an intentional venture into sacred space, you know? And so, uh, that may be a stretch, but I think that's still, it's tied to that discipline of, I'm going to take off my watch and leave my phone and, and stop all the normal activity. And I'm going to, go into God's beautiful creation and listen and rest. And there's something about that that I think you could argue is the closest I come to pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, and I don't remember, um, I don't remember on Sunday what, what you talked about as far as pilgrimage goes. Um, but I, I was thinking, you know, what would, what would pilgrimage look like for our church context? You know, cause I think of, I think of, of, um, you know, other other religions where a pilgrimage is is normal, you know, uh, going to Mecca, going yeah, to that's Israel. The first thing I think of going to Mecca or going to Israel you know, for Muslims and Christians. Um, even even I don't know if, if this would be the right the right term. Like even even if you want to go into the you know latter day latter day saints, you know, Lake like city, yeah. um, but 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 going on mission. Like, you know, like those kinds of things. I don't know if that's exactly the same thing, but it, but it, it, it you know, that's what, that one, that's what my mind thinks yeah, of. Yeah. Um, but what would, what would a pilgrimage look like? That's a good question. Um, from, from our standpoint, of, especially you know, because what, how would we do that? Well, especially because now you jump on a plane for a relatively low amount of money. Right. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was it's, thinking it's is like the everything. access to travel. It's, it's just everything. the ability to go places but, that but, we never would have even. Yeah. But rewind a hundred years or 200 sure. years. And to get to go to Israel, that's a oh, once yeah. in a lifetime. I probably will never pull that off. You know, mm-hmm. now it's like, I mean, Rick Thompson, I mentioned in the message yesterday, pastor, former pastor colonial, mm-hmm. he takes groups. I don't know if he takes them every year, but he's taken many, 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 many groups. Yeah. Like that you could argue. It's not the unreachable place. It's not, you know? right. yeah. it's not a once in a lifetime thing. No. My mom, my mom was was similar. She she led a the teaching side of of that for her church for a, oh, that's cool. probably a decade. Where I mean, I she know wasn't, were they with us yesterday? Uh, no, no, they were not. I yesterday. Saw them. They were here. They were here over the weekend, but they they were right, they had home yeah. um, early yesterday morning. But but yeah, so they they you know, but that's but that was like she she had taken that trip, you know, twelve thirteen times, and you know was was gifted that trip because she was, you know, working and teaching the whole time. But, um, but yeah, you, I mean, you're right. It's like, that's not that crazy once in a lifetime, but does that mean it's not a pilgrimage if it's, I don't know, easier to do? I, I don't know. Right. It's, like it's, it's the least, but I don't know, man. I wonder if like, you know, if, if it's, if it's not just as simple as taking some of the, 
um, conveniences of that, you know, away, or maybe like taking the, taking the intentional route. That's not the quickest, you know, I I think of it, I think of like, I, 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 it's not the same. I don't, think but like i think of like i read a book called the ruthless elimination of hurry and um like choosing the slow lane choosing you know what i mean like there's probably a quicker way to get there but what would you miss seeing if you just you know like take the scenic route versus the stop and smell the roses right i mean i mean kind of you know what i mean like i think that's both a leap and yet, right. maybe right on. Like I don't know. I, I don't know. That right, I, like that, I think that's the, in, in our context that may be the closest we come. To. Right, right. I think we should move on because I just think that's the least. Uh, it was just the one that, I, that stuck out least. to me. Like I don't know how to wrap my mind think, around that. I just want to say this. I don't think here at Colonial we need to. We really need to spend any more energy on pilgrimage. I okay, think it's part of the history lesson. So who was who was number ninety six in football? Since we're talking about things we don't no need to talk about, no ninety six okay. to come up. I was with this curious. Week. Uh, okay, so we talked about you talked about uh, tithing and communion, and those are are not nearly as as foreign as um, some I, of the other I things. do want to add this okay. though. Okay. Tithing, yeah. Yeah. I thought even just looking at that that list of seven ancient practices, it was actually really really helpful to me personally to reframe instead of tithing as a command. Instead of arguing whether or not you know New Testament Christians should tithe, should we give more? Um, ultimately, landing we should give sacrificially, we should give generously. That's what I've taught. That's what I, I believe. Mm-hmm. But to reframe specifically tithing as a okay, this is a practice. This is a discipline that the church at large has practiced its entire existence, and all the way back into Judaism, obviously. And to see, oh, this is another, this is another gift. This is another, hey, use this tool. This is going to, this is going to be a great way you respond to the goodness of God and, and see blessing come from it. Just like Sabbath, just like fixed hour prayer, just like, you know, so that was really helpful to me because I think, I think we can lump tithing into our list of shoulds, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The obligation. Yeah, right yeah. You, you definitely don't do that. Ooh, definitely don't do that. And, and here's something, Oh, you better be, better doing, be doing this. this. Yeah, yeah. And I just, to reframe it and put it on this list. Oh, that's one of these beautiful praxes that's been, it's been around forever. Yeah. How often we do we think of giving away something as a blessing as a to blessing, us? Yeah. As a, yeah. yeah. And as a discipline right. specifically. Yeah. So, so normally we, you know, we spend a lot more time talking about what was in the message, and obviously we, you you talked for at least another hour or so, uh, at least hour and a half, maybe. <laughs> on on top of all of that. But uh, so so let's today let's as as we're focusing on fasting and, and prayer going into um, going into awaken. Let's focus some of our time here um, on the practical side. That was one of the things that we didn't talk about um, through the message yes. uh, through through your teaching time and let's uh, get practical. Uh, yeah, let, let's let's. In, I know that's crazy that I bring that up, but um, yeah. if we if we were to get practical and say, okay, what does fasting look like? What does that mean? Does that mean I'm not eating? What is it? You know, forty days in the wilderness. I'm going to go wander off, and I'm only going to have water, and I'm not going to eat anything. And um, you know that that does not sound overly a- appealing to me. Um, so how do we do this? We're walking into this. Some people have experience. Some people don't. Um, I know we have we have some information that we'll, we're going to uh, push out later on this weekend, hopefully, or this week. Um, and as we go into this, okay, so let's just start. Let's just start at the top. How do you fast? 
Well, um, I think one of the resources I want to point everybody to, if you're if you're uh, listening specifically for some practical direction, is if you go back specifically to a teaching from a year ago on January 23rd. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, it was entitled "Prayer and Fasting: Ready, Set, Go," uh, and it was it was just a practical Sunday morning conversation we had about how we were stepping into Awaken for the first time. So I, I, I purposely didn't want to repeat a lot of that yesterday. Um, but I, I do want to touch on a few key points from that teaching, even here on the podcast, starting with a quote by a pastor in Nashville, Tennessee, Dave Clayton. He says, fasting is not ultimately about what we let go of, but who we will let take hold of us. And so I just think that's a good statement to make even before we get with some practical tips is for those of us thinking about, well, am I going to give up food? Am I going to give it up for this long a period or can I give up other things? And I I really like that framing question. It's not ultimately about what we are going to give up. It's ultimately about who we're going to let grab a hold of us. And so I want to keep that in mind as we talk about some practical tips. Um, what do we do? I think first and foremost, I think you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Am I, am I doing this because I just, I really want to hear from God. Am I doing this because I, I need a, a, a kickstart in my, 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 my spiritual life is dry. Um, am I doing this cause I'm trying to lose weight? <laughs> uh, am I doing this? begrudgingly because okay my community's doing it and lauren's saying we should do it uh, okay like i i think it's always good to start with with your why and just be honest with yourself um and maybe even re-ask that question you know over the course of the next few weeks i think it's really important to start small um i think of the times when uh i started a new discipline where you know, oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start journaling again. I haven't journaled in a long time. Man, if I set the goal of I'm gonna journal every day hmm. for an hour, and I haven't been doing it at all, I'm just setting myself up for failure. You know, or you know what? I I, I haven't worked out in six months. I'm gonna start working out five days a week. You know, I think that's just dumb. And so even I think that applies even to the discipline that we can step into starting this Wednesday. Of, of fasting is to start small. Maybe if it's food, maybe it's one meal a week, you know, for the next 30 days, um, Wednesday lunch, I'm going to fast and I'm going to use that as a, a way of reminding myself the mindset I'm taking. Maybe it's a, it's a juice fast. It's not, you know, a ton of food or, um, Maybe it's something else that's very doable. I think I'm a fan of, of stretching myself for sure, but I'm also, I think in this context, especially because fasting is so uncommon for most of us, if not all of us, I think setting a goal of doing something that's very doable um, because you're doing this for 30 days. This is not a one-time thing where we can really, mm-hmm. really do something crazy. I think another great question that is posed to us as we think about starting fasting is to consider other people. Um, I think that for me to fast from something that none of my family is going to fast from, 
um, how's that going to affect them? You know, or is that downright unloving on my part to Mm -hmm. insist that no, no, we're not going to have any of this in our house because I'm fasting from it. (laughs) Because I need that. And I, I think, you know, the call of Jesus always is to be grounded in love. And so I think there's something about even our practical thoughts on fasting for the next 30 days that don't forget to consider other people. Um, and then finally, what, where probably a lot of us are just, you know, okay, okay, stop talking about these other things. What about what? What am I fasting from? Um, it doesn't have to be food. We, d- we didn't really talk about that yesterday, but I want to remind everybody, historically, back to these seven ancient practices, it's, it's food. You know, that's, that's really what we read about. That's what we hear people talk about. But I, I think that the heart behind it is it really can be so many different things. It can be food, it can be TV, it could be social media, it could be shopping, it could be some other regular enjoyment. Um, it could be sports, you know, uh, which is tough because Super Bowl's up in, right yep. in the middle of our 30 days, you know. Um, I, I wrote this in my notes from last year when I was journaling that it could be words. Hey, Lauren. You use a lot of words. You're a talker. <laughs> what if, what could your fast look like? I didn't do it last year. I'm going to rethink that for this year. Um, I'm not talking about don't teach on a stage for 30 minutes. I'm talking about conversations. And what if fasting mm. for you looked like listening mm. and refusing to answer, you know, every time somebody has a question for a group, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think figuring out what that fast can be, um, I think a practical element of it too is, is maybe it's something you can share. Uh, we didn't talk about that yesterday either. What if you fasted with your spouse? Mm -hmm. What if you fasted with your family? Um, maybe there's somebody you work with or go to school with that, that also is, is experiencing awaken because they go to colonial or maybe one of these other churches. What if you talk about doing something together? And arguably sharing the difficulty of it, sharing the burden of it, but also obvious, arguably sharing the blessings of it. Um, I think another practical thing, as I look at my notes, that's really important is to give ourselves grace to if, if I'm going to fast, um, for example, from TV and um, in fact, I, in fact, l- let me keep it real last year. That's one of the things I really decided to do during awaken is just to fast from, uh, watching sports on TV. And that was really difficult because it's college basketball season. Uh, it was really difficult because it was the super bowl and guess what? Um, I was at a super bowl party and the TV was on and you know what? I gave myself some grace. You know, because I was there to be with people and I prioritized people and community and I didn't just boycott the Super Bowl party, you know, because because that was so fast. Okay, so if so you're saying to give yourself grace, um, are you saying like build in times that you're going to plan to to take a break from your fast or or are you saying like like, like on the other side? 
that like what if i what if i mess up can i answer for you and yes. then maybe you say yes that's what i mean or no what if i'm struggling I'm, I'm and i and i just i fall off the wagon if you yeah. well see i yeah i think what he's i think what he's getting at is uh, our small group talked about this last night um everybody's in different seasons i think if if you're if you're so rigid on you know this specific thing i said i was going to fast from tv yet i still want to be I, I need to build community and be in community the tv is going to be on like it's not about it's not about um staying so rigid with your decision that it eliminates ability for community and, and those different things. That's why being considerate of others and leading with love, that's why it's important. I think what he's saying is uh, make sure the first thing's first. You know what I mean? Like um, make sure that the reasons that you're doing it are is, is, is for the moments that like you are inclined to do anything other than commune with God. Um, it's not really for the moments. Like I don't think the distraction or the problem is when he gets together at a Super Bowl party to watch Super Bowl with people. The problem is late at night when he could be reading, could he could be praying, could be uh, heck even a, a spiritual discipline of sleeping, going to bed at a decent time, r- turning on TV and watching sports. You know, um, it's in those moments. You know, that I think it, it really matters whether you're, you know, trying to hone in on your on your fast, the, the decision you've made. But don't overthink it and give yourself some grace. I think the worst thing we can do is begin a 30-day fast and day three blow it and go, well, that's it. I'm done. You know, it's like, no, you, you had a moment where you probably should have, <laughs> you know, stuck with your fast and you didn't. Well, let's jump back in, you know, like you've got, this is about a journey of um, allowing God to fill you, um, which is why it's tied to hunger. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Lauren, when you say it doesn't have to be food. Um, but I wrestle with that personally. Like I have a, I have like, I think I'm on the fence on that one. You know, I, I, I am like I, nothing. Nothing grabs my attention more than being hungry. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it's social media. It doesn't matter if it's movies. If it's you know whatever it is, nothing grabs my attention. That's a good word. More than hunger. I want to interject. That's a good word that I think I need to hear. That we need to hear is I think all too quickly, just like I did today, we go, hey, you know what? Doesn't have to be food. I, I do believe it doesn't have to be food. I think fasting is much broader than food. <clears throat> but I think there's a reason that food has been what people fast, you know, from for thousands of years. Right. It's not just because they didn't have social media. Sure. They had other things. They had yeah, they had other forms of entertainment. Yes. They had, other, they had yeah. other things that that drew their attention. So I that's a good challenging. I word. think for me, That's it's a good challenging I think word. when the conversations we were having last night about it in our in our group was was if you can honestly say there's something that is um, there's something that is happening in your life, be it sports, be it social media, be it video games, be it uh, whatever, um, that is 
attempting to bring you fulfillment in a way that you know, really, I probably should be getting this from the Lord. Okay, then maybe that's an appropriate fast. I've got, a, I've got an airline pilot in our small group, and he was like, very honest, he's like, I think the airline would have an issue if I said I, didn't eat, I haven't eaten all day. Like, okay, fair point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. So he's like, there's, I've got to find yeah. something that's manageable within my life. So yeah. to that end, I do agree. Like, yeah, seasons of life will dictate what you do. But I would argue, okay, don't eat, don't eat breakfast that morning or don't eat this specific type of food. You know, he was talking about have such a restricted diet already because of some medical things and whatever um, that's kind of happening with him. That he's like, for me to just say, I'm not going to eat this or I'm going to skip this meal, it's really not much more of a sacrifice that I'm already making. So he's like, I have to be, I have to be considered about, okay, well, maybe there's this one area of, <laughs> you know, pleasure in my eating that I, that I take that I'm going to, that I'm going to alter or change. Um, and that, say the same thing for people who have physically demanding jobs. You know, you you probably need to eat if you're going to be expending that much physical sure. energy sure. Um, on those different things. That's a good word. But I just, yeah, I, I I'm like I I I lean maybe more towards the um, if you're not really sure you know why what? you're doing this, if you're not really sure, like maybe you're not uh, you're not all the way bought in on this. Jesus thing, but you're you're dipping your toe in. Fasting may not be the spiritual discipline you want to jump in with, but it also there might be there might be a little discovery with fasting. Um, if you choose to fast from this, you might hear from God and you weren't expecting that. Yeah. Or um, I think there's all different scenarios. Um, don't be so quick to say, "Well, I'm not giving up food." Obviously, I'm going to give up this. I'm like, I don't know, man. I would challenge you to think. Yeah, maybe maybe a hard uh, about that. Maybe uh, to to oversimplify it, I know that's what I'm about to do. Maybe all of us should say, okay, maybe food. What what would that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, are there reasons this pilot maybe shouldn't do that, yeah. or other reasons? You know, I, for me to fast, and what if my family's not doing this, and how does that affect them? Sure. But but maybe the first question is, what does it look like if it's food? Knowing historically, that's been the focus. And then secondarily say, okay, if not food, then maybe then what, what else? Yeah. Or um, even though I am going to do food, is there something else that's got a grip on me? Or is there something else that that at least has a, an ongoing draw from me that for me to fast from that thing, mm-hmm. that activity, that thing, whatever, that's going to that's gonna have a kind of an ongoing impact on me and just to be open to what that looks like. Um I would agree wholeheartedly with one of the key things you said too is I re- just central to my understanding of of God is that he cares about our hearts. He does not fasting is one of those areas among many things probably that as religious people we can really screw up because we can get focused on the mechanics of it. We can get we can get legalistic and controlling about manipulative. Hey, but if I do this, then God will do X, you know. Mm. And that's not all. That's wrong. And God cares about our hearts. And so, if I'm going to fast from food or anything else, it's it's because I I on a heart level I want to hear from Him. I want to connect yeah. with Him. Yeah. Well, and there's a quote that I've heard you 
uh, I've heard you share. It's by John Wesley that I think fits within this. And maybe it could be a lens when you're thinking about practically what am I going to do to fast. Um, he says, he says, some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason, which I think is that extreme, like, you know, I said, I'm going to fast from sugar. Oh, this has a little bit of sugar in there and I didn't realize it. So shame on me. I, I shouldn't have done that or whatever. Um, or I am going to say no to good community, God honoring community because the TV might be on, you know what I mean? Um, so he says some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason and others have utterly disregarded it. So I think if we got to be somewhere in between that, right? Yeah. Like we've got to be somewhere in between this, just, I, well, I'm obviously not going to do that. So I'm just going to skirt around and not do, not do the fasting or I'm day three and I've already messed my fast up. I'm not going to try and alter it. I'm not going to try and mm. see, okay, what, what is manageable for me? I'm just going to disregard it, but I'm also not going to be so legalistic about the fast I've chosen to do that it disrupts or is not honoring to other people. It's not thoughtful of other people. Um, and ultimately brings me more anxiety than it does um, connection with God. Like I think if we're overly focused on following it to the T to where it's overwhelming us, well, that's probably not God's heart either. Um, it's, it's supposed to be pointing us to him and communion with him. It's not a punishment, you know? Um, I think for me, it's, it's always been the conversation of, is this something I, am I actually sacrificing something mm -hmm. or is this just an, in, you know, an inconvenience of some sort? And, yeah. you know, how am I, how, what am I actually doing with that time and that kind of thing? So, which, which is one of my other questions here. So, um, we're, we're, we're getting close to time, we're running out of time here. So, uh, quickly, as, as we are fasting, um, okay, we've talked about plenty of, uh, th that it happened. People have done this historically. We're going to do this leading up to it. Here's a bunch of different ways to do it. And there's obviously a lot of information there. What do we do when we are fasting? Okay. So, great. I'm, not eating a meal or I'm staying away from whatever, what am I replacing and doing instead? I think, um, well, I think, I think the, the first impulsive an answer to that is it, it's, it's meant to draw our attention to him. You know, I think if, if I'm having a hunger pain, the, the whole idea is that I would take that to the Lord, that I would, um, if I'm, if I'm fasting from TV, for example, which if nothing else is time, I've, I'm, I'm giving myself more time to your question. What am I going to do with that time? Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's very deliberate on some of our parts. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to fast from TV and I usually watch, you know, two hours of TV on a given night. I'm going to, I'm going to read these three books this month. Mm -hmm. And one of them is going to be the gospel of John, you know, four times in four weeks. Uh, in fact, specifically, I would bring that up is our daily devotional is through the gospel of John, the entire book, 21 chapters. Uh, and our church is going to be going through teaching through the gospel of John, as are these other seven churches. I think that's uh, first and foremost, what we should consider replacing the things that we're going to fast from with, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to immerse myself in the gospel of John this month. I strongly encourage that. Uh, maybe it's it's just a prayer walk. It's, it's, I'm going to, I've got this time now. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go for walks in my neighborhood every day and I'm going to listen to the Lord and I'm going to cry out to him for the people that are hurting in my life and, um, voice my 
anger and frustration with him and let it all hang out with the Lord. And that's, that's what I'm going to replace it with. So I, I think that's my first thought is fasting is meant not to, it's, it, we're, we're fasting from something. It's not meant to then just be empty space. It's, it's meant to draw us, atten- our attention to him. Um, even our pain. I'm like, Oh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> I think the point of that is, okay, bring that to him. And, and if I was stuffing my face with some pizza, I probably wouldn't even be thinking about it. Yeah. Well, and I would, I would say this too, like uh, just kind of to tag on to that again, really helpful conversation we were having last night uh, in small group was um, there's like a, a season of lament with a lot of people right in our, in our circle right now. Um, a lot of people hurting, wrestling with some hard stuff in their life. That can even be part of your fasting yes. is is taking your lament, taking your pain, taking your confusion and frustration, all those things to the Lord. So uh, even moments where we would just say, I'm going to ignore it or I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to distract my quote unquote, distract myself. You know, that's I think com- that's what comfort food. <laughs> exactly. I think by that's definition is it's, for I'm me, gonna... for me, if I'm going to distract from myself, I'm finding something really good to eat. And yeah. I'm, I mean, that's what I do. I think, I think most of us can identify. With yeah. That. Well, and so that's, and so it's like, well, maybe we would, we're not doing that. We would take that to the Lord and, and I'm really hurting with this and I'm mm. frustrated with this and maybe even I'm frustrated with you and, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and and taking this, so I thought I thought that was a really helpful encouragement. Mm. Is um, it doesn't have to just be um, God. What are you saying to me? I mean, that's always going to be a part of it because God's always trying to say something to us. He's always speaking to us if we would just listen to some of those things. But it can also be taking your pain, taking that lament, um, taking that hurt that's a- to the Lord. Um, I find myself saying repeatedly, that's a good word, Tanner. It's yeah, well, a good word. It, that one wasn't from me. That was from small group. But. I really do <laughs> think you're onto something, though. We, we, so much of our shared experience coming through the pandemic and in these polarized times of late is we've all experienced a lot of loss, a lot of disappointment um, on personal levels, um, all, all, all over the place, and it, even as a community. I think, man, I think you're onto something. I think this fasting needs to include uh, bringing our lament to the Lord. That's a good word. Okay. We have a lot of things to think about, and uh, we're running out of time here. So last thing, um, what, what cautions should we have for, for those of us that are new to fasting or uh, inexperienced? What kind of cautions should we take into um, choosing something or throughout the month? I think you already you already kind of answered this in in some small way. I think if you think <clears throat> you know like somebody's going to look at Tanner and go, "Oh, he's fixing to go run a five k." That's not happening. <laughs> like you know, don't go too far too quickly. 5K? I, that's only three miles. That's probably a bad example. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a great example. I thought. Look, listen, I'll be real. I, Wednesday night, I went to hang out with our students, and I thought I'll shoot some hoops with them. About two minutes in, I was like, "This is a ter- I'm about to die. This is a terrible <laughs> decision." So you decide to fast from aerobic sports? Exactly. You know, I, you know, I work out too much. I'm going to fast from that. That's what it is. <laughs> I I think I think there's very practical answers to some of the, to some of that with, with when it comes to caution. Look, if don't don't set yourself up for failure to begin with. You know, like don't um, don't try and achieve something that you, if you're honest with yourself, 
maybe it may be too too far. That's a stretch, you know. Start with something that you that is that is that can be um, meaningful. Um, don't 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 shoot too low, you know. Um, don't go too too far down that um, path, but maybe pick something that you know this is gonna this is going to at least in some way draw my attention back to the Lord. And if I can do this, then um, then I'll be doing well, and it's manageable, and I can and I can work up to to something. And honestly, there's no rule that says you have to start this, and then in two weeks you can't shift some of those things True. and adjust. Like True. like it may it may become easy after two weeks to yeah. say I'm gonna just skip lunch. Yeah. You might find you you might you might need, you to, might, you might need to go. Hey, I think I'm gonna. Yeah cut out this particular type of food or something, you know, any, whatever that may be. And, and speaking of uh, food, I, I, I think, I think with our, what we've talked about in the last 20 minutes of, man, maybe we need to start with the question of fasting being about food. I think just another no brainer is reach out to your doctor. I think, yeah, thankfully, I, I hope everybody has something like this, but we have a relationship with our primary physician that I can send her an email um, I can um, on the on during business hours. I can even text and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this kind of fast uh, specifically, and with these thoughts in mind, anything you want to say to me on that? That's always a good idea. Yeah, because she, in this case, can speak into you know she can affirm. Yeah, if you do that, you're going to be okay. Or hey, well, you you need to be mindful of this, you know, or that. Um, I think I'm thinking of uh, Terry Johnson's a, a a pediatrician and and one of our our core people here at Colonial and um, unless he's having a uh, even busier week than normal, I trust listening to this episode. You know we need we need people in our community even speaking into hey you should you should tell our people to be mindful of this that right. or the other. I think I think just taking our physical condition seriously. Now I I will encourage everybody. I was reading about ketosis even last week mm-hmm. and you know, the, the physiological effects of not eating, uh, intermittent fasting is a big deal. You know, it's trendy the last year or three, um, and effective for weight loss. And, but even when people are coaching they they caution, don't do this for too long or th- too often. Uh, I learned something fascinating that really after 40 days, that's a biblical, um, number, right? After 40 days of, of fasting from food and doing like liquid only, like your body actually starts to die. Hmm. Like even, so there, there are limitations on what we can do. Right. Thankfully we're doing this 30 day experience. Uh, I'm not, I'm maybe I'm just being too, uh, hopeful, but I'm not really worried about anybody like just not eating for a month. <laughs> Let's be smart, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think reaching out to your doctor, talking to a, a friend who's a medical professional, um, I think even if someone wanted to send in the podcast at colonialchurch.com, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about fasting. What thoughts do you have on this? Um, yeah. what, what, what cautionary words do you have for me? Encouragements do you have for me? Actually, I would welcome that. We will respond before next ep- Yeah, we can respond. Right. It, does, it doesn't yeah, have to yeah, be yeah, something point. we share yeah. on the air. Uh-uh. That's not yeah. the point. It's, yeah. um, but if you want, just a, it's a good thing to just drop podcast at colonialchurch.com. We get those. Nobody else sees those. Uh, we can, if you want us to talk about that publicly, you know, because you think it'd be something helpful to everybody, or if you just want our thoughts on it, we can sure. we can help you with that. 
Okay, we got to wrap up the conversation. Um, we uh, we are are launching into um, the month of February this week. So uh, hopefully you have a chance to listen to this before that. If not, that's cool. Jump in when you can. Um, we still have uh, a handful of Awaken packets left. So if you are still interested uh, in in getting one of those, we will have them available Sunday. You could come by the office or email or call or somebody and make sure we've got some before you do. But um, we would get them into your hands as quickly as possible so that you can join in with us um, as we uh, kick off the month of February. So, um, yeah, I'm excited more than I would normally say. I'm excited to uh, do something like that, you know. Uh, I really liked what we did last year, and I'm excited to do it again. So, All right, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from the App Store, the Google Play Store, where you can get our app. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So tell us what you're doing. Tell us, uh, give us your questions, your thoughts, your feedback. Uh, podcast at colonialchurch.com, just like Warren said. Thank you for listening, and we will pick up our conversation again next week.